Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we have, man, you know what? Our, our, listen, I think all of our topics are really good. I agree. Today we're going to talk about, is the Bible used as a mind control tool? It's really an interesting question. And um, uh, since people call churches cults and so on and so forth, and we do have cults out there. Yeah, the question true. is, is the church of God a cult and the Bible used for mind control? Uh, let's get into prayer and then we're going to get into it. But before we, before we open in prayer, first thing I want to do is say, hey, thank you guys for listening. Man, yes. all over. We have, I think right now, according to John, is in 38 or has been downloaded in 38 countries. How about Belgium? Belgium, Belgium, what's up with you, Belgium? You Thank guys, you, Belgium. So, we love you. We don't know who you are, but we love you. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Bel last month alone, Belgium downloaded 170 downloads. Somebody send us a message. Let us know who you are. <laughs> I, right, man. I would love that. Hey, guys, thank you in Belgium. And um, you guys download like 170 in one month from, from Belgium is fantastic. Because, you know, we might get 30, 40, 50, or we might get 20. And some countries, we've only gotten a couple. Uh, Russia, I, dude, I've been downloaded in Russia over a dozen times. Yeah. China, before they went under this lockdown um i had i was getting downloaded every month they were down somebody in china was downloading us it's amazing te what technology does so hey welcome yeah. world we're thrilled uh, to have opportunity to speak to you hopefully it'll be a blessing <sighs> yes. and uh it's a great honor for us it is and i just wanted to take this moment <clears throat> and say thank you thank you thank you duke and i we put a lot of work into it a lot of energy and because we want you to learn, we want you to understand the Bible and, and understand it in context. And you guys tuning us in all over the country, all over the world, um, uh, the United States, I'm so close mm -hmm. to having been downloaded in every state every month. I'm close. Who'd have thunk it? Who? <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. Man, because, you know, I know, listen, I know I can come across really strong. <laughs> And um, uh, you, the audience already knows that, John. They know it, right? <laughs> and they're still tuning us in and our, our, our crazy stories and fun that we have. And, um, man, thank you. Really, from the bottom of our hearts, man, I can't thank you all enough for making us a part of your life. And, man, it's just what an honor. And we realize that your time is incredibly valuable and for you allow to allow us to have some of that time, we don't take it lightly. So God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning us in. Today we're going to talk about is the Bible used as a mind control tool? I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, the Duke Meister, Pastor Duke Herget. Brother, if you'll open us in a word of prayer, we'll get started. Okay. Father, thank you for our audience and uh, pray your blessings on them as they listen. Pray that we will share truths from your word that will edify, build up, and strengthen your people and advance your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. So, hey, guys, <clears throat> listen, uh, is the Bible used as a mind control tool? Many people feel like it is. Soon after I was saved, within six weeks, I had somebody throw that right in my face. You've been brainwashed, man. <laughs> I'm like, isn't that wonderful? My brain needed washed. It was full of filth. It was full of uh, immorality. Right. 
And uh, so if my brain got washed, it it, it needed, needed it. it yeah. and, and and the crazy thing is it got washed good. People can clearly see that you're a different person, but yet mm-hmm. it's unacceptable because it's the Bible. Yeah. Doesn't make sense to me. But well, they wanted me to be the old guy. They wanted right. me to sell them drugs at a <laughs> at a discount, drugs, yeah. <laughs> at a discount or for free. It was even yeah, better. Yeah, come party yeah. with us. It's like no, I I'm I'm partying at church. You know, right. I uh, I I'm I'm naturally high now. Yeah, I, and it, and it's not that we love them less. It's just uh-huh. that we love God now. Yeah, I just it just. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, people look at the church and they make that accusation, but they make right. it in darkness. It's, you know, the natural man receiveth not things right. of the Spirit of God. Neither can they know them because these things are spiritually discerned. Yeah. When you have spiritual discernment, you, you, you don't say such a foolish uh, thing as that. Exactly. Just as you're growing in, in grace, you're growing in knowledge, uh, your thinking has been completely changed. If they call it brainwashed, I, I'll, I'll take it. Well, and that's the thing. And like you said, though, it is a completely groundless accusation because for people to change the way those that really get saved and understand what God has done for them and understand who they are in Christ, you can't explain it because it's an overnight thing. They watch it, but they don't get it. They don't get it. Because like you said, without the Holy Spirit, they're spiritually discerned. You know, when I was in the darkness, I saw the girl Jeannie who took me to church. She used to make this reoccurring phrase. She'd say, well, my friend's at church. And I didn't get that. Friends at church? I I went to a church when I was a child up through sixth grade. I didn't have any friends at church. (laughs) You just went, got it out out, out over with and came home, you know. And she would talk about friends at church. I thought that was so strange until I went there. And then the friendships that that are birthed around Christ it's were family. fabulous compared to yeah. in the world. Yeah. You know, people come to my party. I'd buy the booze, buy the dope, and, and throw a party for them. And then they'd steal my, all my records. <laughs> Any of you remember what records are, you know? I wake up in the morning. The, the house is totally wrecked. I clean up the house, and my right. half my records are missing. Right. You know, how these about, are my friends ripping me off. Like, yeah, how about this? Uh, I had a, a friend, we'll use the term like that, yeah. comes to my house, right? We're partying, whatever. And uh, and then they leave. And, of course, I fall out, get up next day, go in the bathroom, go to brush my teeth, and I notice my toothbrush oh, no. is <laughs> not in the same place. Oh, I don't even want to think about this one, Johnny. <laughs> so now I'm like, are you kidding me? So the next time the guy come over, I said, get out. And he's like, what? Dude, you violated a sacred. Crossed the line, like, dude. Like you completely crossed the line. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, you used my toothbrush. How dare Dude, get out. We're done. So We're done. You're <laughs> Shut the door. Don't look back, man. He never came back. <laughs> the, friend, the friendship ended over the toothbrush. But I, I remember, I remember the <laughs> friendships of the world. They were all centered on drugs, and no alcohol, <laughs> and sex. You take those away, there's no relationship. There's no relationship. There. And my friends, they just like, well, if you're not going to sell me drug, dr- yeah. drugs, dude, yeah. uh, we're not coming around. And they, yeah. they're gone. They're gone. I didn't have to depart from them. Yeah. I did have a couple friends stay loyal, yeah. and uh, they came to know yeah. Christ soon afterwards. It was pretty cool. 
Yeah, this dude, I don't yeah. know what happened, yeah. but I didn't care. He used my toothbrush. But they watch us and they think, you're brainwashed. I say, well, yeah, yeah from yeah. your vantage point, isn't it wonderful? Yeah. Uh, I guess if it's working, you know, to each his own, man. But yeah. Well, how about this? You know, a lot of people have blamed, and I'm sure you've heard this, pastors are, all pastors care about is my money, right? Mm-hmm. Or... People, uh, pastors are just in it to get rich because, you know, <laughs> this system's working really that well. That <laughs> is real ignorance when somebody says that. But there are there are the get-rich people in yeah, ministry absolutely. peddling uh, a form of the— it's not the gospel, but they're peddling religion for their own self-gain. Well, because they're pe- what they're peddling is tickling the ears of the listener, and oh, the people yeah, are paying yeah. to feel good. Yeah, exactly, and they'll stand before God one day, but— you know, I, price. I remember experiencing the local New Testament church, and I remember just saying, leaving saying it's a whole nother world. Their brains weren't dirty. Right. Nobody tried to buy drugs from me at church. As a matter of fact, they would tell you, man, you can't do that. Like they cared yeah. enough about you to tell you what was right. You know, they just came alongside and said, man, we hope you find what you're looking for. If there's any way I can help you, if you want have any questions about the Bible or your journey, I remember liking, they'd use that term, your journey, right. uh, seeking God. And of course, that's all new terminology to me, but I liked it because right. the spirit of God was moving me. He was right. bringing me to repentance. He, he was convicting me of sin, of righteousness and judgment. And when I landed in church, you know, I didn't, you know, enter my mind oh they're brainwashed i just know these people are well, thinking you, straight well here's the thing because you knew you were different and now all of a sudden you agreed with them it wasn't even like they had to talk you into it you agree with them yeah that's how you know it's different well for pastors pastors that love the lord they have a desire to nourish edify and protect their congregation 21 uh john 21 15 through 19 so when they when they so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. Verse 17, he says to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. And that feeding is what the lost world would call brainwashing. That's what they would call That's, it. Because when, we, when anyone comes to Christ, they're conditioned already. They're programmed by their fallen nature, selfishness rules. Uh, and that doesn't mean that people don't love others and stuff, but uh, we've been programmed by our fallen nature, by, by the devil's lies, and by the world around us. And our lives are not working that right. way. Right. And then when the pastors are feeding us, the Spirit of God is replacing Satan's lies with God's truth. Uh, the Spirit of God is, is taking self off of the throne and putting God and others on the throne of our right. heart. And we come up thinking completely different and, praise God, acting yep. totally different. Yeah, because, it, listen, it changes your life to the core. Yeah, and then Lost World doesn't get it. Right. They think, oh, you're just brainwashed, dude. 
I'm yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, my brain has been washed yeah, by been the washed. blood of the lamb. I've been, you know, I, I, I just keep washing it, Jesus. Right. Just keep washing it. Well, church leaders are to serve unselfishly. And, and, and these are things that if, if you see going on, this isn't brainwashing. This is what we are to do. Church leaders are to serve unselfishly and humbly with no thought of personal gain. First Peter 5, 2 and 3. Shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. This isn't brainwashing. This is literally a lifestyle that, as pastors especially, we are to have a desire to help others get to by verbally teaching and then by example. And we did a podcast that talks about on the spiritual sacrifices Mm -hmm. that talks about once you're saved, everyone is a priest. Now that doesn't mean you hold the position as a pastor. That's not it, but you are a priest, a representative of God, and you should be doing the same thing as what pastors are doing for their flock in church. You should be doing for your friends, family, and coworkers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What a, what a, what a complete change it was uh, for me. It, it is for all of us who come to faith in Christ. And, you know, the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 2. And so the Spirit of God comes to live inside of us, and our thinking is radically changed. And um, Well, because the Holy Spirit becomes our conscience. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Is is what happens, and and when you have a when you have a <laughs> when you have a different motivator, <laughs> yeah, things change. Yeah, in his mind, in us, it's a mind that's conscious of other people's needs. Where I never was, I didn't care about that, you know. But now I do. Christ is in me. I want to honor the Father much fruit on earth, the father. And I wanted to be fruitful. Just like you said, I want to share what I'm learning with people that I love. Yep. And, uh, they didn't really want to hear it too much in those days, but I remember my mom saying, you know, just leave this here. We already have enough problems without dragging <laughs> religion into it. But then about a year later, as she had watched me grow, something had happened. Um, I was working at a bar, Rocky's pub. I was a cook but I was still going in and out of a bar and liquor around me. And it just, I was, and I knew well, it's hard to get away from it when you keep it in your life. Yeah. And I had it, it's all, my whole life had been in that, that world. And I, and I quit the job by faith to get, and I just needed to get out of the bars, even though I was just a cook and I wasn't drinking or anything. I need to get it out. And I, I quit my job. My mom was really upset because mom and dad were divorced. She needed a little financial help from me. And where about, you, know, you got a car payment to make. How are you going to do this? I told my mom, I have to quit. I have to get out of the liquor business. Well, what are you going to do? And jobs were hard in our area. And I, I gave my notice at 9 a.m. And at 11 a.m., I got a phone call from my sister. She said, you don't, you don't know anybody that needs a job, do you? I'm like, uh, yeah, me. And uh, at my, my break at 1 o'clock, I went and got interviewed. And two weeks later, I was done at Rocky's Pub. And I began my j- new job at, at uh, Richland New Hope Industries, working with handicapped people, making twice as much money, going from 60 hours a week down to 30 five hours a week, making twice as much money, helping handicapped people. And my mom saw that. And she said, oh, whatever his mind is, uh, it doesn't make sense. Right. But he believed that God would take care of him. And he did. 
Yeah, and that and listen, that is not cultic behavior. And and that's where people get lost. You know, the Bible's not mind control. Uh, and it does not advocate mind control in the sense of brainwashing or psychological reprogramming, right? But the Bible does speak of controlling one's mind. Like, yeah. this is what you need to do for yourself mm-hmm. uh, if you're going to live right for God. So I'm not brainwashing the people in the church. Just giving them the word of God. I just give them the word of God, yeah. and then they have to decipher whether they want to do it or not. Yeah. Yeah, I remember one of the early verses I memorized out of Psalm 119, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. And, uh, you know, when you talk about uh, brainwashing, well, there's some, study that out. There's some technical parts of, of an actual brainwashing and sleep deprivation. Oh, my and, goodness. Yeah. And constant over and over again to literally wash people's brains. And if you come to know Christ and you get faithful in church, read your Bible and pray every day, you, you realize this is not brainwashing this is just a a new life someone comes to live inside of you because that comes to repentance and anytime you have repentance that involves a change of mind right i mean if you turn from satan to christ you turn from sin to uh, and self to 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 jesus and you turn from sin to righteousness and and it's a change in mind yeah to change your thinking completely changes yeah ephesians 4 29 let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers or to other people. Wow. That's brainwashing. <laughs> Bring it on. It's like, it's like, Hey, control your tongue and be really kind and nice to other people so that everything you say edifies or is imparts grace to their ears. And how's that brainwashing? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's why people don't understand it. Um, if we're, if, if we are to be like-minded, we must to avoid quarrels and stuff like that, right? Ephesians 4.29, to impart grace. Philippians 2.2 2 says, Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. All of a sudden, now, we went from choose your words wisely to impart grace to the hearer in Ephesians, and now Paul says in Philippians fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Let's not argue and divide. We have the same love, right? And being of one accord of one mind. Let's bring this together so we're not divided. Mm -hmm. How do we do it? With truth. Well, what's truth? The Bible. I've so experienced this around the world in my travels. I go, whether I go to Bolivia and uh, really third world conditions and yet they're rich in faith. And there's a bond that happens in my heart with the believers, the followers of Jesus in Bolivia. And their culture is so different. Then I go to Sweden, totally different culture. And yet there's a, a, same a believers bond. there. And yeah. it's the same yeah. bond. But but you know why? 1 Corinthians 2.16. There you go. Says, for who, who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, if we, being the multitude, have the mind of Christ being the singular, then everybody becomes of like-minded. Yeah. We have the like-mindedness, like-heartedness, believe the same truth. In the Swedish culture, we have it in the the Northeast American culture, lots of cultures in America. Uh, And then they have it in Bolivia. And I've been to Korea, and and it's always – that's one of the things that is so – 
experientially wonderful. Uh, one of the great privileges, those of us who are in ministry that travel get to do missionary work and just see that no matter who they are, whether they're in backwards third world countries and really humble conditions, the lights of the gospel do the, exactly the same thing. The reason we're all like-minded, we all come together, and why you can go to all these different countries who have completely different cultures and still come together and rejoice and love on one another and be like-minded is because of 2 Corinthians 5.17. Because once you get saved, you have a new attitude and a new behavior. This isn't mind control. This is an understanding of your old attitude, old behavior, sinful and not good. We've been born again into a new family. We have God as our Father. Jesus is our is our Savior. The Holy Spirit lives our in God. both of us. And uh, we have the same Bible. It's different language, of course, but it's the same message. And we're allowing, yielding to the Lordship of Christ, being conformed daily to the image of Christ. Christ lives in each of us. He lives out in our culture. Even though the cultures are totally different, sharing is the same. Right. Sacrificing is the same. Being kind is the same. Praising Loving one, one another. another. It's yeah. all the same. Yeah. And when you do that cross-culturally, it's... It's kind of a kind of a neat thing. It's very cool. You know, Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This isn't mind control. This is an instant thing that happens. And and to give you an idea of what that looks like, because it happened to me. It was oh my goodness, right? I mean, I, I had this radical dude. It was, everything with me is radical. Oh my goodness. Uh, so at any rate, I have this radical transformation. There was no time for mind control. I mean, it happened in an instant, right? Mm -hmm. And this right here, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation because now I'm a new person in Christ, right? I'm, I'm a child of God now rather than a child of Satan. And then behold, all things have become new. I didn't get a new body. Uh, all the things and scars that I had on my body before the day I asked Jesus Christ to be my savior, I still have the same scars on my body, right? But what it is, it's like, I guess the best way to describe it is, have you ever been in an underground cave, like deep, deep down oh, yeah. in an underground cave, oh, yeah. and they turn the lights out? Like, it's so dark, you can't even, you can't, nothing. Dark. Dark, dark. I mean, total blackness. And so it is like walking around in total blackness, Stubbing your toe, tripping uh, over things, bumping rock. your head, uh, um, reaching out to touch something and hurting your hands to getting saved. The Holy Spirit comes, lives in you, the very Spirit of God. And that is literally is the light switch. Lights, come on. And all of a sudden you see everything and you can walk clearly. Fear is gone. Anxiety is gone. Um, and it's all new. I think what freaks people out, especially from us guys like us who really came out of the darkness and a hard, rough world lifestyle, uh, it's 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 so immediate and it's so complete. They they can't even grasp it. It's it's frightening yeah. to them. Yes, it kind of frightens yes. them. And you know, religion is kind of a little bit here. It's kind of obligational. Yeah, I, I really ought to go to church, man. You know. Yeah. Right. yeah. And then you kind of listen a little bit, and okay, I, I, maybe I need to stop. Uh, getting drunk, you know, every day. And, uh, yeah, maybe And it, see, that's just kind of external things coming upon you. And it's like, yeah, right. From, but this is transformation, not reformation. Mine was so radical, but, but mind you now, I'm 
you know, I'm still street smart. I haven't lost that. Yeah, it doesn't go away. It, it doesn't go away. <clears throat> and so the pastor or one of the pastors on staff or, or another Christian would say, hey, John, you need to do this. And I would say, show me in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Because I still didn't trust man. <laughs> I had an issue with man. But I knew that the God of the Bible was right. Yeah. And so my, John, you need to get baptized. Show me in the Bible. You see, these are the people, these are the disciplers. Right. These are people in the church that are excited that the Johnny shows up, that the Duke Meister shows up. They're excited and they're reaching out to us and they want us to grow and they get next to us. They communicate with us. Invest they see in us. They see some, maybe some old uh, life uh, attitudes or phraseology or words or things that we're doing that are, are not helping us, not glorifying God, or things that we're not doing that we need to begin. And they come alongside us. They put their arm around us. I, I remember uh, a guy uh, in our church, Jim, he, he was 51 years old, and he put his arm around me. He goes, you're a leader. He said, the young people around the church really look up to you. And I'm, I didn't know that. Right. He said, you could work in our bus ministry. I didn't even know what that meant. But he said, show up Saturday, and I'll show you. So I showed up Saturday, took me out. <laughs> And uh, we went out bus visiting. I didn't know it what this was. It might be the same Jim that told me I need to be in the bus ministry. <laughs> yeah, and, and so we, we knock on a door, and this long-haired kid comes to the door. like, that's my people there. Right. And I said, so what, in other words, we go out to people's houses, knock on their door, and tell them about God. Right. He goes, yeah. I'm like, cool. So Jim Antista, he uh, ran the bus ministry. And... I mean, of course, I love that guy to this day, and we're still friends. He lives out in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, but, yeah, he was the same way, dude. He recruited me. He was like, man, you can make a difference. Well, I'm all about making a difference, right? Yeah. Next thing you know, I'm all in the bus ministry. And before you know it, man, I got him sitting three high and four crossed <laughs> on each side. <laughs> we're bringing in more than that bus should ever have had, yeah, right? Yeah, I hope Osha didn't find out how many we had on our bus today. <laughs> yeah, the seats are made for three, and you put six in each Exactly, seat, you know? right? Little kids on bigger kids' laps, yeah. so you can pack them in there. And but we I were remember, bringing them in, man. I remember That's Jim. So funny. I didn't know all the terminology, but see, yeah. the spirit of God is inside of mm-hmm. us. The mind of Christ is in us. The heart of Christ right, is right. in us. And then we begin to, I was witnessing to people, didn't even know what the word meant. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know, we really love how you witness to that guy. I'm like, what's that mean? Right. Oh, you mean when I was talking about God? Yeah, that's called, oh, that's what witness Well, here's means. the thing. You have to, listen, when it is coming out of your pores, you have to share it with someone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, when it is overflowing, you got to give it some of it away. When your rap sheet is like, <laughs> that's just eighth grade. Then it got worse after that, you know. And you're forgiven? He gives uh, unto you everlasting yeah. life? Are you yeah. kidding me? You can't keep that in. Right. You can't. You can't keep you it can. in, man. It's because it's not a some guru or, or human effort, man. This is this is because of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy yeah. Spirit, not the work of some human. Titus three five, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His God's mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's uh it is a cleansing to get rid of the gunk. I like that word washing. That's what it is. You know? 
you know, and, just and so. So when we say, "Oh, you've been brainwashed," no, 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 no. Yeah, I've been. My brain has been washed so that I can see clearly now. Yeah. Oh, I can see clearly. I knew now. You were gonna go. You set me up, Johnny. <laughs> I did. The rain I, is gone. I was waiting to you see you. You set me up. <laughs> brought the hippie right out of me, man. Dude, it was so funny. Dude. You were like, you had this thought. You were like, oh, that, you, that came you, quick. You go, well, I, was, I could see clearly. Yeah, it's like, look, gone. it's like my little dog. And my dog look at me like I'm crazy. And I'll pick up this toy. And the dog's like, I'm not falling for that. I throw it. <laughs> you can't resist. <laughs> You got me, man. I'm the little puppy. <laughs> I knew as soon as I threw it out there, dude, you would start. You oh, my goodness. Me, oh, that was funny. Man has a sin nature inherited from Adam, Romans 5, 12. Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all have sinned. Guys, it is a natural tendency for us to do wrong and to follow that which we want to follow or to follow Satan. And we do that our whole lives until the day we see Jesus. And then all of a sudden, remember, you're walking in darkness, you're in this cave, and then all of a sudden somebody flips the light switch on and you realize, oh my goodness. Ephesians says the same thing, just a little bit different wording. It says, and you hath he quickened in the King James. That means made alive. Made alive. By the, uh, you hath he quickened who were dead, spiritually dead in trespasses and sins. And he makes us alive. We have that spiritual birth. We're born again. And and I say the stadium lights come on. Yeah. Not just lights. And the reason that I say stadium lights is because there's no shadow. Yeah. It's as clear as clear could be. And uh, you're in a whole nother atmosphere in the local New Testament church. I told Jeannie, I said, it's a whole nother world, man. And I liked it. Yeah. People, I could feel people trying to build me up. Yep. Yeah. This isn't brainwashing. This is just taking you to the next level via the Holy Spirit. I don't mind people loving me unconditionally. Right. (laughs) What's, What's the downfall of that, right? But, you know, prior to that, that sin nature we have, well, when it gets a hold of people and then all of a sudden various sins start manifesting in our lives and they take control they take of control our lives. galatians 5:17 through 21 for the flesh lust against the spirit that's why if if you sit there and you go oh man they're 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 you know it's mind control and they're using the bible for mind control no literally what that is is your flesh is lusting against, or is is fighting against my spirit mm-hmm. or your lust is fighting against the spirit of God. Right. And because that's what the spirit is, is the spirit of God, not our spirit, but the, the Holy spirit. The Bible says they're contrary one to another and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Holy spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are, Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, uh, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and anything like that. Yeah, that was my resume. (laughs) That was my resume before. That's the truth. Yeah, I walk into church, that was me. Dude, that... Yeah, right? We were twins. <laughs> that was horrible. 
when you look back, right? And then he goes on and he says, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so the beautiful part about this that Paul does for the church uh, of the church of Galatia is he points out everything. Basically what he did is held up a mirror, mm-hmm. a verbal yes. mirror. Mm-hmm. They see themselves in all of this. And then they say the Holy Spirit of God is not a part of that. If you, once you invite the Holy Spirit of God into your life, all of a sudden it all changes and he starts in verse 22. To the contrast, that's the flesh, this is the spirit. Yeah, this isn't brainwashing. This brain, Listen, brainwashing is a horrific thing. This right here is an absolute change of life for the benefit of the person on every level. Verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Brainwashing would be a change of a new change of information overloading you to make you into what the brainwashers want you to be. be. This has nothing to do with information; it has to do with a person who comes to live inside of yeah. us, and the nature of that person supersedes the nature that we used to have. That's right, because now we know better. And the old guy was ruining our lives, mm-hmm. and this. And this new one, Christ, his Holy Spirit that comes to live inside of us, gives us peace and joy and long-suffering, and, and I like it. Well, and here's the thing. In 2024, 20, uh, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying, envying one another. So literally what happens is this isn't a brainwashing because I'll be honest with you, brainwashings are bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Every bit about everything that I've been reading is a positive, but it also comes down to if you are Christ, then you have to crucify the flesh. Like you have to control yourself. Well, if you're brainwashed, that's an automatic. I remember experiencing that in, in the early, my early journey. I had just been saved for about a month or so, and I was so excited about being forgiven. I was, so, I was entering into the church. I was thinking different. I was witnessing to people. They were seeing the change in my life, and some of them liked it and some of them didn't. But <laughs> I remember a specific prayer. It was a hot uh, summer day, and, our, and uh, my bedroom was really hot. So I'd sleep out on the living room floor. There was fans, and it just kind of was more comfortable. I'm laying out there, and I said this prayer. I'll never forget it. And I, 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 had, I was talking out loud to God. This is all kind of new to me. I'm like, God, I'm just going to, like, talk to you. And I'm so glad to be saved and everything's changing. I'm so excited about this, but I realize I'm, <laughs> I'm still stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why I still kind of want to do dumb stuff or evil things. And I'm, I'm sorry. I'm asking, don't let me be stupid. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Nobody told you to look at it that way. It was an obligation. Like it was. It was in my heart. Yeah, it was a realization. Yeah, it was like I'm still stupid. Yeah, the, and I, you know, I didn't know the <laughs> theology of this, like you right. know, the the flesh warring against the spirit. But I was, I was experiencing that. My right. flesh still wanted to, you know. Well, to that's because after. that's because before Jesus, you were an enemy of God. Yeah, and that's what people don't realize. And now you have to get a grip on that old lifestyle so it doesn't dominate you anymore. 
if you're controlled by sin, right? And most people that don't know Jesus Christ are controlled by uh, the sin. And if you don't know Jesus, you can't know God and you can't please God. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. bottom line. I mean, you, you might be religious, but religious isn't a relationship. Um, religious is like me uh, telling the people in Belgium, mm-hmm. right, um, that, hey, I know you, you're awesome, blah, blah. I don't I have no clue who they are. They could be the worst ever. Or like saying that they know me, but they only know me through this, and but there's no relationship, right? How do we build relationship? We build relationship once listeners listen to us and starts building relationships because then what they do, they start responding. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, you guys are, we're building relationships one with another. Now I can know you. But prior to that, just because I know who you are or I know what you look like doesn't mean I know you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And people do that with God. They're like, oh, I know God. Do you know Jesus? No. Well, then you don't know God. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's a, a specific, as a matter of fact, Romans 5.10 says, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, such more, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled through to God through the death of Jesus Christ. That's the only way you can get to God. It's one of my favorite verses. We are saved from the penalty of our sin by the death of Christ. We are saved from the power of sin right now by the life of Christ. He sent his spirit to live inside of us. Uh, let his mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Yes. And and we just, everything changes on the person of Christ. Yep. And it isn't like some kind of religious activity. It's just him in us being himself. Right. And as we yield to him, we're conformed to the image of his dear son. Which is a way better life. Yeah, and it's not obligational. It's not religious duty. It's just a natural flow. Uh, he loves but you, us. But if you don't know him, you can't be conformed. No, no, you got religion. That's it. Romans 8, 5 through 7. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> they don't know any better. You don't know any better. You listen. You, you, You're on your own. Yeah. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I love that. Life. New life well, and, and peace. And it's everything everybody wants is peace. Yeah. Right? And then verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity or war against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't know God. The Bible says you're an enemy of God's. And the world has deceived you into believing that if you say the name God and everyone goes to heaven and God loves everyone, that's, that's not according to scriptures. Yeah. It's You're so in much darkness. Half truths and twisted truths, and, it, oh. and, and you land uh, outside the ballpark. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, the Bible says that the sinner needs a new nature and to be delivered from the flesh to the spirit from the power of sin to the promise of God. And until that happens, 
man, you're you're in as as I would tell my children, you're in deep doo doo. <laughs> you know, one of the great joys of being a pastor is meeting people, answering their questions, loving them unconditionally having the privilege to, to share the gospel with them, to preach the gospel to them. And then I see people when I'm preaching, they're sitting there and their eye gate, you can tell God's speaking to them yep. and they're listening and you can see it. They're, they're trying to combobulate mm-hmm. what you're saying. And it seems like they're beginning to hear something probably way deeper than what I'm saying. And Jesus said, if you seek, you're going to find. And then, then they respond to the gospel. So last Sunday, Last Sunday, I was preaching on um, the things of God, obviously. At any rate, I'm, I'm preaching, and then I, I say if things about <clears throat> how if you're serving yourself, what the Bible says about that, so on and so forth. I'm, I'm clueless about what's going on, and then I look out, right, and there's a gentleman sitting there with, tears just he's weeping i listen there were a hundred people there right i i wasn't picking on him i wasn't picking on anyone no one else in there was crying but this dude was weeping and god's spirit fell upon him yeah it wasn't what listen what i said activated uh god to go did you hear it did you hear it? That's, I need you to hear that. I need you to understand that. Are you listening? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just starts working his heart. And when God squeezes your heart, water comes out of your eyes. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. And and that's what was happening. And that's what you were saying. Listen, it's, it's what God does on the inside uh, that changes us. And then all of a sudden, so I didn't talk to him uh, Sunday. Said, amen, goodbye, and everybody goes home. I get a phone call Monday. Mm-hmm. Got time to talk? Sure. I love those phone calls. Right? I'm like, sure, I got time to talk. Next thing I know, he's like, God's told me I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do that. I go, are you crying because you got to do it or because you finally understand what God wants you to do? And he goes, I got to do what God's called me to do. Amen and amen, right? And so we rejoice. I didn't say anything. Because what God called him to, this is the crazy thing, what God called him to do wasn't in my sermon. <laughs> How's that brainwashing? He wasn't listening to you, John. He was listening to God. He was listening to God. Yeah. I and, just uh, activated the nerve that God used. Yeah, because to he move was him. in church. He's seeking God. And if you're going to talk, I'll listen. And, yeah. and uh, God can talk through our messages or he can talk around our messages. Well, if you look at 1 Peter 1 4. Once we receive Christ as our Savior, we get a new nature, and that new nature allows us to hear new things, mm-hmm. right? Uh, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And that's exactly what was happening to him. Mm-hmm. He was partaker of the divine and the sin and the world's ways was leaving him. 
as a pastor, 43 years now, standing in the pulpit, preaching, watching the Spirit of God take the Word of God, apply it to people's hearts, and and, and I can see it on their faces. And I understand it because I sat where they sat. Right. I went through all of that, yep. and I was kind of, I didn't know what was going on, but... But you knew you had to stay obedient to it. Yeah. And I I, I was, I like the word arrested. The Holy Spirit arrested me and I stopped it in my tracks. It's not time to fight. It's time to yield. And Jesus sort of like, you know, it's kind of like we're cuffed by the world. It's not like getting cuffed. It's getting (laughs) uncuffed. (laughs) Right. He uncuffed me. Yeah. And uh, now the members of my body, my eyes can be used for good. Now my tongue can be used to praise instead of curse. Uh, now my body can be for holiness instead yep. of fornication. And everything changes. That's what this is all about. Well, because the Holy Spirit gives us power to say no to sin and yeah, yes to boy, God. I had no power to say no. Boy. Dude, you talk about it. Listen, I had, uh, okay, by the world's definition... I was a strong dude, like mentally strong, you know, I was spiritually a uh, wrong spirit, but spiritually hard. strong. I was hardcore, yeah, right? Hard. And, uh, but care. dude, the reality was, rip your face off. Dude. I know, right. That was it. But the reality was, man, when God got a hold of me, I was like, <laughs> cry baby. <laughs> I was a cry baby. <laughs> Listen, all of a sudden, now we have this power to stand for righteousness. Galatians 5, 16. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Romans 6, 12 through 23. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. That's what you were talking about. But present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. Mm. Thank you, Lord. That's alive. Pe- people that walk around on earth that don't know Jesus, I guess that's your modern day zombie. Yeah. They're dead. Now we got life and we have light to walk in. We have love to, to uh, share with others. And the world sees it and they're in darkness. Yeah. And they just think, you got brainwashed, man. I'm like, yeah, I did. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yeah. And he goes on. For time, I'm not going to read it. But if you were to go on and read uh, Romans 6, 12 through 23, uh, Paul just starts laying it out of how we can have victory over sin. But we're not brainwashed into this. We have to make a conscious decision. Do we want to serve self or do we want to serve God? And we learn by experience when we serve self, things don't get better. They get worse. They get worse. And then the spirit inside of us is grieved. And then we just, you know, I just remember breaking and just yeah. coming to the Lord say, God, I'm, I'm sick of myself. Help me. Help me, Lord. And he does. Well, John 8.32 says that uh, the believer in Christ can be set free. Look here in thir- uh, 32. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Yeah, he unshackles us. He, uh, and you don't breathe any better than when you know the truth. You've done the right thing and you have peace. You know that you can walk with your head high, your shoulders back, and you don't have to look over your shoulder wondering if you got caught. I remember uh, it was about two years after I got saved, 
uh, I was working with my sister at this rehab place, and she heard me witnessing to people all the time at work. And Sarah yeah. Kennedy got saved, and we had two people get saved on the staff. And my sister was furious with me. Stop talking about God. I'll have to fire you because she was sort of my boss. <laughs> I'll fire you. And she, my sister got in my face, told me off. I mean, like five times. I don't want to hear it. Stop it. And you're driving me crazy. And you know, I'm going to have to fire you. And then two o'clock in the morning, when about two years later, <laughs> I get a call. Two o'clock in the morning. Get over here right now. I need what you got. <laughs> I led her to Christ. <laughs> that is She's what is fussing up. and hating and fighting and turning me yeah, off yeah. and shutting me up and I need what you got. <laughs> and she got it, man. Because they realize She's a godly woman. They realize that what they have is a, always leads to a dead end street. Yeah. yeah always just, leads. Listen, guys, let me tell you this. <clears throat> the Bible's not mind control. The Bible provides an alternative to a life controlled by sin. It provides an alternative, a new direction, a whole new way of living if you will trust Christ and live in his way. The spirit-filled believer, I will tell you this, will have a life of adventure with oh, God. hallelujah. Man, my life has been fulfilled. It has been adventurous. And it's just been adventurous with good stuff, man, where I am loving life without the pain and suffering of wrong decisions. Don't be afraid to serve the Lord. Let go, let God. Oh my goodness. So let me encourage you, let go, let God. And if you do that and you live in his truth and you deny the flesh, man, your life will be like never before, but it only happened through receiving Christ. So, hey guys, I hope this has helped. If it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next week, God bless.